It's a farm system preview for the San Francisco Giants. Let's talk Kyle Harrison and Marco Luciano. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Continuing our farm system previews, talking about the San Francisco Giants. And the thing about this system is the one-two punch up top, the top pitcher, the top position player, Kyle Harrison and Marco Luciano, can probably hang with any other system in baseball for quality of the top two guys, right? But you have a little bit of health concerns, at least with Luciano. So for Kyle Harrison... 2023rd rounder out of high school. Spent most of the year in AAA, but got some time in the majors and was fine. Wasn't great, but he was fine and it was a good learning experience. 20 games in AAA last year for Kyle Harrison. Sacramento, 1-3 with a 4-6-6 ERA in those 20 starts for Sacramento. 65 and two-thirds innings for Kyle Harrison. 105 strikeouts, so 14.4 per nine. 248 walks, 6.6 per nine, 10 home runs allowed, the 1.4 per nine innings. And some of the conversation you heard about Harrison was issues with his fastball command. And I really think a lot of the fastball command issues come back to AAA using the automated balls and strikes system. And specifically, Major League Baseball trying to work on where is the top of the zone? Because that's where you want to throw a four-seam fastball is up in the zone because the induced vertical break makes it makes guys swing underneath the fastball. And I think, correction, I, I feel pretty confident that ABS was the much bigger issue for that fastball command than the actual fastball command was. Because when you look at Kyle Harrison's seven starts in the majors, one and one with a 4.15 ERA. All of, a lot of the stats are surprisingly similar. 34 and two thirds innings, 35 strikeouts. The strikeout rate comes down to about nine strikeouts per nine innings. To 11 walks, 2.9. So it, that comes down by almost four walks per nine innings. Eight home runs allowed goes up to 2.1. Seeing how drastically the walks came down when Kyle Harrison got in the majors tells me that more of the issues with the fastball command were because of the automated balls and strikes versus actual issues with his command. And this is, by by the way, side effect, this is what makes prospect evaluation so hard is you had guys dealing with the tacky baseball in the AA Southern League. You had guys dealing with automated balls and strikes for half the week in AAA and then the challenge system the other half it just this is what makes this stuff so hard so but when you look at Kyle Harrison and what he does three pitches I really it's two and a half so the fastball sits 94 he can touch 98 with it again really good pitch up in the zone I like it a lot slider 
sits in the low 80s, kind of has a two-plane break to it. I feel like it's a very effective weapon. Obviously, it's coming in at the feet of righties. He's comfortable throwing it both outside of the zone and bringing it in for a strike or starting it in the zone and bringing it inside and you swinging around it. And then he has a changeup, sits in the mid-80s, a good foot and a half of fade to it. I just feel like he doesn't throw it enough. I don't know if that's a confidence thing. I don't know what it is with Kyle Harrison. If he feels better about the fastball, maybe it's a bit of the Spencer Strider approach. Why would I try to beat you with my third best pitch when I can beat you with my best pitch? But if Kyle Harrison would throw that change up a little bit more, and I think that's an adjustment you'll see him make in 2024, I could see him, I I think he has the potential to be a number two in Major League Baseball. I don't know how long it takes to get there. But I do think he has one of the higher ceilings of any lefty pitcher in all of baseball. Uh, To go along with him, again, I talked about the one-two combo. Marco Luciano, 2018 IFA, and just needs more reps. He's missed time, right? He had a stress fracture in his back last offseason, so he got started late. He only got 74 games in the minors before getting called up. Mostly, you know, double A and triple A combined. Batted 223-334. 442, 15 home runs, 29 extra base hits, 46 walks to 100 strikeouts, and 6 of 6 on stolen bases. Chase rate, low 20s, uh, power was really good, average exit velocity was 92, his 90th percentile was 109, so you feel really good about what he was able to show there, but you saw some contact concerns, and that kind of reflects over in both the minor league numbers and the major league numbers. He had a 67% contact rate and a 75% zone contact rate. And I think some of this is just because he's missed so much development time. The 14 games in the majors for Marco Luciano, 231, 333, 308. The batting average and the on-base were very close to the minors. It's the power production that wasn't there in that brief major league sample. No home runs, but he did hit three doubles. Six walks to 17 strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. I don't quite know exactly where Marco Luciano's final position is on the diamond. Some of that depends on the guys behind him and where they develop. I noticed when Baseball America put out their top 10 for the Giants this offseason and they did that projected 2027 lineup thing that they do, they had him listed in right field. His, his arm is pretty good. His range is a limiting factor. I've seen him as a 40 speed, a 45 speed. And so it feels like you have the ability if a better defender comes along, they could knock him off of shortstop. And then Casey Schmidt's a very good defensive third baseman who can play short. And so you're not kicking loose, uh, you're not kicking Schmidt off of third. You end up with a situation of maybe he's in right field or something like that. So Curious to see what happens, but the power is real, and I feel like with more reps, with more experience, you're going to see him get better as far as contact abilities, uh, swing decisions. Again, the chase was good, low 20s, but it's more so swinging at okay pitches versus really good pitches to hit and drive and being able to effectively use that raw power in in games. The third top prospect I want to talk about, a little bit different. I'm going to get to some of the guys like Eldridge and Crawford later. I want to talk about Carson Wisenhunt. 
Uh, His season ended last year in July because of an elbow strain, but really impressed with what he was able to do, and I really think he has the potential to be a dude. 2022 second rounder out of Eastern Carolina. The thought was he'd have been a first rounder, but he was suspended and did not pitch at all in college that final draft year. 16 starts between single A, high A, and double A before the injury ended his season in July. Again, Carson Wisenhunt went one and one with a 2.45 ERA, 58 and two thirds innings, 83 strikeouts, 12.7 per nine, to 23 walks, about three and a half per nine, three home runs allowed, so 0.5 per nine innings. Uh, fastball, curveball change. The changeup is really the star of the show here. The fastball sits 94. Can touch 97, it's a little bit of a lower arm slot, so it's a little bit interesting how it comes out. The curveball sits around 79, 78 or so, mostly vertical break, but the changeup again is the absolute star. Sits in the mid-80s, and he can really play around with it. He can make it, he can change, he can vary the depth of it, he can vary how much it drops, he can vary the fade, how much it moves. Uh, a lot of adjustments he can make to the changeup to make it do different things. Big fan of Carson Wisenhunt. Really think he's going to be something special. He's supposed to be fully healthy in time for spring training. So no real worries there. I think the potential is here, depending on how good he can get the fastball to be, the the, the forcing fastball, and how consistent the curveball can be. I think the potential's here for a mid-rotation arm. Again, really a big fan of Carson Wisenhunt. One of the few change-up dominant pitchers that I feel like I actually like. I still don't know why I just don't change-up dominant pitchers for the most part. Maybe it's because he's a lefty and I'm okay with it. Do think it's really interesting that two of the top pitching prospects in this system are left-handed. Simply because it, it feels like so many major league teams don't have a lot of lefties. They're not comfortable facing lefties. And being able to have multiple good left-handers in your rotation, I feel like could be a competitive advantage in the future. In just a minute, let's talk about some of the players you might see in 2024. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season's wrapping up. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So turn on this weekend's NFL games. It's the final week of the season. Pick whoever you want. It literally does not matter because once you place that bet, you get $150 in bonus bets you can then use on some of the different betting odds that involve the Giants. The Giants have the eighth best odds of winning the National League at plus 2,000 as of time of recording. I feel like they should be higher than the Mets, who are at plus 1,500, but that's just me. You've got that. You've got different options with the player awards as far as who might do what. The National League Cy Young, Logan Webb is the number three in those odds. It's Spencer Strider at plus 550, Zach Wheeler at plus 850, and then Webb at plus 1,000. Couple different Giants options there. To take advantage of all of this, go to FanDuel.com slash on to place that first bet today with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Okay, so talking about some of the players you may see in 2024, a couple of these guys have already debuted, so we're really not, even though they might be prospects, we're not really going to get into them. Wade Meckler is a guy I'm thinking about for that criteria. He is still technically a prospect. He got, I think he only had about 20 games. And then you saw some guys come up that have used their prospect eligibility. Again, Casey Schmidt was in 90 games, played both short and third base. Luis Matos in center field played 70-something games. So not necessarily here, but there's quite a few pitchers that I want to I want to discuss because I think that they could debut in 2024. This is a team that obviously has had a lot going on from the pitching department. So it'd be interesting to see which of these guys come up. The first one, Mason Black, 2021 third rounder out of Lehigh University. And he's another example to me of the difficulties that you saw adjusting to AAA and the strike zone there. 29 games between AA and AAA last year for Mason Black. 4-9 and nine with a 3-7-1 ERA in 123 and two-thirds innings. 155 strikeouts, so 11.3 per nine, to 52 walks, 3.8 per nine, and 16 home runs allowed, which is 1.2 per nine innings. But when you look at the numbers, the walk numbers for AA and AAA, there's a significant difference. He walked three batters per nine innings in AA. He walked 4.6 per nine innings in AAA. So it feels like Mason Black also struggled, not to the extent that Kyle Harrison did, but also struggled with the AAA strike zone. And yes, he has a four-seamer that he throws sometimes, but really it feels like a lot of his issues, when you watch his game, he lives on the edge of the zone. And under automated balls and strikes, it's a very rigid edge of the zone. You don't really get that fatter middle portion of the zone that a lot of human umpires get, especially on the opposite shoulder from where the umpire is set up. You know, again, sinker slider is the main thing he's doing. That slider, I believe, is more of a sweeper and something like 15 inches of horizontal break. And so obviously, it's a very much a lateral game. Sinker's moving one way, sweeper's moving the other. A lot of that depends on getting those calls on the sides. And so probably going to start off back in AAA. He did add a cutter late last year. Forgot about that. He did add a cutter late last year to try to fill in the gap between the fastball and the sweeper. I feel like I saw him throw a couple gyro sliders as well. So if you if you look at the arsenal, it's something I talk about this a lot. You've got a fastball, mid-90s, can touch 98, low release height, really good vertical approach angle, up in the zone, right? You've got a gyro slider that can work down. You've got a, a sweeper that works one direction. You have a sinker that works the other, right? So you've got the, all of the different directions covered. You've got a couple different velocity bands there. Feels like it's a pretty good it's a pretty good combo, and I'm high on him because I think more of his his walk issues were AAA strike zone related versus c- command and control related. Another minor league pitcher, and one that some places actually have as uh, a better prospect than, than Mason Black, is Hayden Birdsong. A sixth rounder in 2022 out of Eastern Illinois, but 25 starts between Single A, high A, and double A last year. Two and five with a 3-3-1 ERA in 102 thirds innings. And side note here, I really like 
uh, how much San Francisco, for the most parts, lets their guys pitch and gets innings. And in the minors, I feel like there's a disconnect sometimes between the major league and the minor league and how many innings a lot of these guys get to throw. But either way. So Hayden Birdsong, 25 starts, again, 102 thirds innings, 149 strikeouts of 13.3 per nine, a very healthy number. 44 walks, 3.9 per nine, six home runs allowed, 0.5 per nine innings. Uh, Fastball, curveball, sweeper change. It's a good combination. He hides the ball really well, so it all plays up. The fastball, he throws it probably half the time. Like, he's a fastball-dominant pitcher. Throws it probably about half the time. Sits in the mid-90s. A lot of good movement up in the zone. Again, he hides it for the deceptions there, too. I can see why he throws it a lot. It's a good pitch. Uh, He has a vertical breaking curveball. Sits in the low 80s. He's got to keep it down. I feel like he leaves it up in the zone too much. And he doesn't necessarily bury it in the dirt enough, right? Uh, It feels like he's always trying to clip the bottom of the zone with the curveball and get a called strike when there's situations where you may want that to be more of a more of a chase pitch than a a swing than a swing and miss pitch, simply because when you leave it up, it can get whacked. Sweeper sits in the low 80s, so he's got a fastball up, he's got a curveball down, he's got a sweeper giving you pure horizontal movement. He has a changeup, mid to upper 80s, not quite 10 mile an hour separation, uh, but you do get that other movement there. He throws it pretty exclusively to lefties. I want to see him get a little more comfortable with that changeup in other situations as well. But again, all four directions covered. Three different velocity bands because the curveball and the sweeper are both low 80s, fastballs in the mid 90s, changeups in the mid to upper 80s. So three velocity bands versus four, but all the different directions covered. A lot of good stuff there. Again, he hides the ball really well, really high on Hayden Birdsong. It's going to be where he throws that curveball and can he get the trust in the changeup to use it a little bit more. Important to note, he was mostly a reliever in college. So the fact that he got 100 innings and the stuff maintained throughout the season makes you feel pretty good. And so I like the future of Hayden Birdsong as a member of this rotation. Third guy, Landon Raup, the right-handed pitcher, 2021 12th rounder out of UNC Wilmington. Had some sort of injury that ended his season the end of June. We don't know what it was. I haven't seen where anybody published what the injury was but I believe he's supposed to be available for spring training. 14 starts, 26 total appearances last year, 10 and three between single A and double A. 10 and three with a 260 ERA for Landon Rupp. 107 in the third innings, 152 strikeouts, so 12.7 per nine, uh, 37 walks, 3.1 per nine, and six home runs allowed. Fastball, curveball, sweeper change. And fastball, it's a sinker, sits 92-93 or so. The curveball is is two-plane breaking pitch. I feel like he used it more than he used the fastball last year. Really likes the curveball. And again, a good weapon down and away. He gets chase swings, things like that. Has the sweeper. There's the horizontal movement. And then a changeup sits in the upper 80s. Not a lot of velocity separation from the low 90s sinker. And he doesn't really use it a ton. And correspondingly, he also seems to struggle with lefties because if you think about it, if you're a righty, which he is, 
you're not using your changeup that moves away from a lefty, and your two primary secondary pitches are a two-plane breaking curveball and a sweeper that, that both break in on the lefty, it makes sense that you would struggle with left-handers until you develop the confidence in the changeup. So something to work on there, something I want to see him do. But Landon Rupp, very excited about what he could be and the potential there. All right, in just a minute, let's talk about some of the lower-level prospects. There's some very highly ranked guys, a couple two-way players here. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Final segment of Locked on MLB Prospects, going over the San Francisco Giants farm system and some of the, the lower-level prospects to watch, guys that are in the lower minors, uh, as well as our dart throws coming up here. Uh, four big guys you really have to know about as far as top prospects in this organization that'll be in the lower minors. Bryce Eldridge and Reggie Crawford are your, your duo of two-way players, and I think they work out because I think there's a preference either way for where they're going to be. And then you've got an outfielder and an infielder. So the outfielder, Rainer, Ar- Rainer Arias, 2023 IFA, $2.6 million. Only got 16 games in the DSL because of a shoulder injury. But holy cow, what a great 16 games he got before he got hurt. 414, 543, 793 slash line. The slugging was 793. Four home runs and 12 extra base hits in 16 games. 15 walks to 11 strikeouts, four of six on stolen bases. Have seen very little actual film from him. What I've seen, what I've read, what I've talked to people about, really good bat speed, doesn't chase a ton. Question here is going to be, obviously, one, health, two, uh, physical development. Does he end up as a corner outfielder? Can he stay in center? I just don't quite know. A lot of these international players, especially a guy who only played 16 games, there's so many variables there that it's really hard to know what's going to happen. Your infielder, shortstop Walker Martin, your second rounder last year out of high school. Uh, Now, despite that, he was 19 years old. His... uh, he was 19 years old that entire season. Got did not play after the draft, but uh, according to a lot of the pre-draft athletic testing he did, uh, fantastic athlete. The quote that I was given when I was talking to some folks about, uh, you know, around the organization about uh, Walker Martin is one of the one of the best athletes in baseball. Now. I don't know if a lot of folks outside the system are going to say something like that, but Walker Martin, fantastic athlete going off the pre-draft testing. Could stay at shortstop, may have to kick out to third base, does have the arm to do that. Again, though, Casey Schmidt is a guy who profiles as a very good defensive third baseman. And so I believe Baseball America in that future position thing, they had Martin at short. They had Schmidt at third base, and that's why Luciano was projected at right field because he has the big arm, but the range was a little bit lacking to stay in the infield. So we'll see what happens with Walker Martin. Very curious to see where he ends up to open 2024. And I think the reason they were able to steal him in the second round was because he was a little bit older than the average high schooler, and a lot of the models really like younger preps versus older preps. Your two two two-way guys. Bryce Eldridge, first rounder last year, and Reggie Crawford, first rounder in 22. Eldridge was a high schooler. 
Crawford came out of Connecticut. And they're going to go different directions. Everybody that I've talked to says Eldridge is going to end up as a hitter. Crawford's going to end up as a pitcher. So for Eldridge, 31 games between rookie ball and A ball. 294, 400, 505. Six home runs, 11 extra base hits in those 31 games. 20 walks to 34 strikeouts. One for one on stolen bases. He's listed as a right fielder. He played those games at either DH or right field, but his speed is not good. He's not the everydayers. No, Kyle Manzardo is my example for one of the slowest players in baseball. Bryce Eldridge is not that slow, but Bryce Eldridge is not fast. And so it feels like he's going to end up sooner rather than later moving to first base. Now, the power profiles at first base. The raw power is absolutely absurd. He's 6'7", 223. He's got uh, a great approach. The swing decisions are good. It's just going to be the experience. And I think if everything goes right, he has a ton of potential. He could be up two or three seasons and just be a power-crushing first baseman. Feel really good about it. Uh, As a pitcher, there's not a lot of interest in him being a pitcher long-term, despite the arm being really good. Reggie Crawford, flip side, is being looked at more as a lefty pitcher than he is a first baseman. Again, out of Connecticut, first rounder in 2022. He had Tommy John in college. His st- the start of his season last year, delayed by mononucleosis, and then ended by an oblique injury. He did recover in time to go to the Arizona Fall League. He batted 17 games, batted 138 with 30 strikeouts, did not pitch. And it feels like they tried to give him enough play time to understand that he's not going to be a hitter or that his future's better on the mound. He he had 13 games between single A and high A, 13 starts between single A and high A last year. 2.84 ERA in 19 innings pitch. So didn't go very deep into these games, but they were working him back from mono and then he had the oblique injury. 32 strikeouts, so 15.2 per nine, absurd number. 10 walks, 4.7 per nine, three home runs allowed. He did bat in single A. He did not bat in high A, but he batted in single, correction, he had one at bat in high A and it was a strikeout. But in 11 games in single A, four of 16, hit a home run and two doubles, no walks to four strikeouts. So he batted 250 in single A. Everybody I've talked to, They like Reggie Crawford as a lefty pitcher. They like Bryce Eldridge as a hitter. We'll see what happens there, but it feels like that's where they're destined unless the other side for either one of those guys takes a leap from season to season. Our dart throw, we like to do this um, for every system and just identify a guy that could end up being something. 2018 IFA outfielder Victor Barracoto. He's 22 years old right now. Got a little bit of work to do, but uh, really interesting. So because of losing time with the pandemic and all of this stuff, he didn't get his first full season assignment until 2022, but was in low A San Jose with the San Jose Giants. What a unique and amazing nickname. Batted 265, 353, 395, 12 home runs in 107 games. Last year, high A to double A. 122 total games for Victor Barracoto. 272, 329, 511. 27 home runs, 52 extra base hits, 43 walks to 114 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. 
there's good and there's bad here, right? The thing that if he works out, he's going to work out is because of the power, okay? 90th percentile exit velocity of 107. Very good power for Victor Barracoto. Max of 120. We don't normally talk about the max, but I thought it was relevant that a 22-year-old was crushing balls at 120 miles an hour. Now, his speed is not very good at all. And defensively, he has to have really good reads, routes, and reactions to stick in the outfield. What's more likely is that he ends up having to go to first base unless that gets better. One thing he has to work on is reads, routes, reactions. The other thing he has to work on is he needs to be less aggressive and make better contact. So 50% swing percentage. He's swinging a lot, right? Uh, You feel like it's a little bit high, especially based on the level that he was. Contact rate, 71.5%. So he's swinging a little too much, which means he's not necessarily swinging at the best balls to hit. So if you get a little bit of improvement in those swing decisions, let him make a little bit better contact. It feels like Victor Barracoto, one, that improves the batting average and everything else. And again, 272 wasn't bad, but it feels like could it get a little bit better? It possibly could. And that two, that batting average was fueled by Haye Eugene. He batted 296 in Eugene in 71 games where he batted 237 in 51 games in Richmond. Victor Barracoto, a little bit better swing decisions to make better quality contact. And then if he can work on the defense, again, the speed's not great, so he's got to work on the reads, routes, reactions. But if he can do that, make a little bit better swing decisions, you can see a guy that can jump into, one, being a rated prospect, but two, the power is real and it's very good. And so... That's the kind of thing, I mean, he hit 27 home runs despite uh, striking out 114 times. So, a little bit better swing decisions, a little bit better outcomes. He's not walking a ton, he walks 43 times. You could see a guy that could take a leap into in 2024. Fantastic week this week. Doing more of these, obviously. We're going all the way through Saturday for the next six weeks. So subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. If you're on audio, do us a favor. Leave us a review, a five-star review, all of that good stuff. Until next time, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. (laughs) 